0: The creative industry is filled with massive global players where only a few small teams, a handful of emerging agencies tend to break through. Some of these emerging agencies grow to become formidable and noteworthy industry players. Ngkhabi Mutau, the co-founder and chief creative officer of Think Creative Africa is one of the minds who is leading the charge among agencies that are changing the status quo. They're an award-winning, through-the-line creative agency that has worked with DSTV, Multichoice, RAND Mutual Assurance, Engine, Showmax and others. In this episode, I talk to her about the role of collaboration and leading a team in an industry that is dominated by large players with a global footprint. She believes that insight leads to culturally relevant work in a way that resonates with the intended audience
1: authentic South African creative, but we always strive for sort of international standards of um, quality and production.
0: We also discuss how to find useful and worthwhile collaborations that enable the growth of an emerging agency. Enjoy this episode. Welcome to The Lead Creative, where we talk to the creative minds behind some of the leading brands, businesses, organizations, and top ideas that we all love. Our chats range from building brands, conceptualizing new products, strategy, and building businesses. I'm your host, Mongae Zimtati. Mkhabi Singh, it's such a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much. To kick things off, Tell me how you managed to build and work on pitches during lockdown. How was that transition for you and the team?
1: Yeah, it was quite an interesting one because on the one hand, I think our team was really optimized to make the transition. And that's because we're a nimble team. We've always worked in a structure where we have our nuclear core Um, which is interacting on a daily basis with clients and managing briefs and creating continuity. But then we also have the extended Think Creative Africa family, where we pull in lots of freelance talent, lots of suppliers, different sorts of companies to help us pull projects off at different scales and also to help kind of vary the way that we achieve specific quality. So you'll know from an agency perspective, you have the people you have. And if a brief comes in where none of the people sitting in your agency can authentically pull it off, you're going to have to try and find people there and kind of shoehorn the situation. But what we do is we partner with various suppliers, we collaborate with other companies to make sure each project finds the best people. So our core team will go out and go, who's really, really great for this brief? And we're able to achieve interesting things that way. So the structure of our agency meant that we were able to then respond to the lockdown regulations kind of as business as usual for us, to be honest. And then the other thing is, um, from an emotional perspective, it was difficult, you know, and we didn't anticipate that it would be. Part of like what makes an agency's culture special is how you interact as people. Yeah, it's the
0: the connections within the agency and how you connect as people inside the team, yeah?
1: Yeah, exactly. Even to down to our clients. You know, we had clients who would walk into our office and go, I actually can't work at the office today. It's too busy. Can I sit here with you guys? Or, yeah. you know, a supplier coming and saying, I think for this piece of work to come out the best way, we need to sit together. Can we just, you know, in this boardroom together? You know, and the team being able to go out together and do various things. Um, even from a production perspective, a lot had to change. So emotionally, I think... We had to just bear a lot. Yes. But that's the case for the whole country. We were mm-hmm. just fortunate enough to still be able to work. Um, I'll get into how production was influenced just now. Yes. Um, but that also took, took some big changes.
0: There are some things that I'm getting out of that. And the one is the obvious work that, goes into you know agency work pitches client work and the deliverables there but the other side as well that i'm picking up from this is the how the culture was affected or at least the importance of agency or company culture as you've come to build it at think creative
1: yeah i think it's it out to necessarily define a culture when you run a business yeah i think it's a combination of your values, the values of your clients and the people that work for you. And that forms the culture. And you look up one day and you have one. And mm. so I think part of our culture is connectedness. On a certain level, we work really well together as people. We challenge each other. But just the social aspect of it, it also influences the kind of work that comes out. So many pieces of creative come from, you know, office jokes yes. or, or memes someone shared on the agency group. Yes. So being a part. It posed a challenge in that culture, and, and we had to like really think quickly about how can we keep that alive. Sure. And one of the things we instituted, um, which came from our group account director, was a daily stand-up, which meant every morning at half past eight. Everybody is on a meeting together, just discussing absolutely everything that has to happen throughout the day. Now, when you're in an agency together in person, you don't need something like this because, well, you've got status meetings, you've got documents and you bump into each other in the corridors and you just turn around and you say, hey, Mandisa, what are you working on? Yes, um, be able to get information like that, but we had to engineer something for this culture to still prevail. So it was looking for things like that from the team to say, how do we still keep ourselves sane to a certain
0: degree? In that space of just the pandemic and the changes that came with it, right, and now having to work remotely, how did you manage to lead the team effectively and generate client ideas in a way that did not feel as though you were apart, even though you had to work apart as a part team, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, we did struggle with it, you know, at first I did feel like, you know, there's a disconnect, everybody's doing their own thing, but sure. thankfully we had a lot of work in the system and what that did for us is, you know, it forced us to kind of talk constantly. So, You know, from looking at a project and saying, how are we going to pull this off, Mm -hmm. pulling absolutely everyone in the team into a meeting to come up with ideas, because it stops being just the creative department's job when there's a global pandemic. So, you know, pulling everyone into one room, a virtual room, um, and saying... What are some of the ways we can bring this to life? What are some of the ways we can make this production safe? So um leadership became a lot more of a collaboration yes. and a lot more of a conversation than, you know, myself or Mukundi just dishing out instructions. Yeah. It became... You know, what are we going to do as a team, including our clients sometimes, to say, Absolutely. Well, will you help us as well? What do you think um, will make this unforgettable? What do you think will make this successful?
0: Exactly, yeah. And you mentioned, I mean, I think this is a good time to bring in the production aspect that you mentioned earlier, how that was affected as a result of how it was, it was optimized as a result of having to work remotely and yeah. generate these ideas remotely as well.
1: Definitely. So, Part of the challenge of production became time. A lot of clients had to communicate quickly. So, you know, an ad has to go out, whether it's radio or television, these formats that we take our time with and we craft and we spend time in studio. Some of it had to come out really soon because you find that the message is relating to the pandemic and we have to consider speed. And what that did was... It really, really tested our um, ability to think on our feet. This is a proposition that we as an advertising industry say we understand really well, but I think we haven't been practicing it as much as we have during this lockdown.
0: So Absolutely, it tested everything. I think this time it tested really, everything really that, that we said we stand for.
1: Yeah, 100%. So going into a briefing and having to have something done sometimes in a week, sometimes in a matter of days, we really had to like, you know, kind of put all of our thinking hats on and keep things moving. Um, and that was one of the challenges. The other challenges um, were around distance. So when you're shooting a television commercial and the actors have to interact, how do you treat that Um How do you treat the cameraman moving close into a shot? Like there's a lot of opportunity involved in producing a piece of television, for example. Yes, We had to work with the production house to kind of craft a new way of doing things. It Mm. was very difficult because it influences performance. Because every time the director yells cut, everybody has to try and move to a good distance. Keep the shield on. Get back into COVID mode. When a moment ago you were in character for example.
0: That's a very interesting thing because then it talks to, I think, the um, preparation, I guess, right? The greater need for preparation during this time, which you had gotten into a rhythm of, you know, rather than doing a, uh, for lack of a better description, a dry run while you are actually filming or while you're actually working.
1: Exactly. It kind of had to be reduced to a drill, you know, in Mm. the morning, The person who's in charge of the set will run everyone down through, you know, you need to sanitize often, we're going to take temperatures often, guys keep remembering to be socially distant. And it takes a lot, you know, because an industry that's kind of already really, really fully formed has to now like take itself apart and reimagine itself. So that was a big, big challenge and it took a lot of collaboration. It took a lot of canceling egos and, and how can
0: we do this anew? I mean, as the CCO at an agency, as well as, of course, somebody who's working in the agency and having to work in a different way, which means it's all hands on deck for everybody. How did you balance the two hats of being hands on deck as well as having the bird's eye view that you need as the leader of a team, both you and Mugondi, during this time?
1: Yeah, that's such an interesting question. I think sometimes in... A moment in, in, in history or a moment in time is kind of very well aligned with who you are. So, you know, we've always done things both very micro and very macro yes. because our agency, we grew from a two people team. Mm. So you can imagine how hands-on you are when it's just the two of you. You're making tea for clients, you know, you're calling suppliers, you're doing creative, you're managing relationships, you know. So it's like very um roll your sleeves up and get things done. That's culture the, history, culture, that we, yeah, that's the yeah. history that we have as Think yes. Africa. And in growing, people that have come into the team have seen yeah. that the leaders of this organization are very hands-on and kind of, you know, joined that way of doing things because, you know, it's kind of infectious when people yeah. just go, Who's going to do this? And the leader of the organization says, I'll do it. Yes. Um then nobody is too important or too cool
0: to do it. It has a startup culture to it.
1: hundred percent. So it feels like some of the things that COVID has presented as challenges just play into um, the fiber of our organization. And we're able to just really manage a difficult situation because of how we allowed ourselves to grow, which means that we're constantly looking what are the macro challenges and having that bird's eye view, how are we going to fit in, how are we going to survive this year? Mm-hmm. How can we innovate for clients and still compete with the bigger agencies?
0: I find that, yeah, also, I find that to be very fascinating. You
1: know, yeah, hands
0: on. One of the things you mentioned in your conversation at the Lewis Creative Hour, going into, you know, building... Your own outfit uh, with Mugondi and going into. I guess, working with various clients, one of the things you said is that was your desire to create and build an agency that represents a different kind of voice in the industry. And I'm not sure if I've captured that accurately, but but I do remember you talking about wanting to have be a voice, a more representative voice, even as Think Creative Africa, that is not represented in this space, right? How would you describe that voice if mm. you were to put it into words like how would you describe that persona you yeah know, that you put out there and how well do clients receive it
1: yeah I mean I think you have captured it well that's always been our vision to bring something different to the industry and to the country's creative landscape um, and I think our personal definition is we're insights and creatively led and we really basically make sure all of the work that comes out of our agency is both data driven and insights driven Mm. um, and then all wrapped together in um, a creative sense so Mm. we're always looking to solve business problems creatively when a brief comes to us we'll interrogate it we'll see what does this mean to the everyday South African what does this mean to the most unheard person in the country what does this mean to popular culture, we always take it apart that way and often go back to clients to say, actually, we think this is the thing that you want to address, even though you've articulated this way. Do you agree with us, having looked at the data and having looked at these insights? I think that's our voice. Our voice is authentic um, South African creative, Um, but we always strive for sort of international standards of um, quality and production because um, with the connected world, you don't make work only for South Africa because if it's online, it's for everyone, for example. Mm. And we try to make sure that, you know, the work is always of a consistent quality with our vision. So I think that's our voice. Our voice is authentic South African at a
0: high standard I would fully agree with you and I would, from my observation, I think I would also add that it's also authentically African in a way that is exportable globally, you know, from what I've seen, from what I've observed and seen in your work. One of the things that comes up a lot and you mentioned it now is insights, insights and data and the juxtaposition between the two and more and more it's coming out in these conversations that I'm having with, you know, industry thinkers and industry leaders. That a lot of the time, there's information that is taken to be insight and put into work that doesn't quite cut it. And social mm-hmm. media often judges this work harshly at that. Right? Yeah.
1: So, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: are we making? use of insight or are we as an industry not just making use of insight but able to distill insight from human behavior in a way that is useful
1: yeah i mean i think we have this kind of elevator pitch like you know if a client says why should we pick you i mean i know it by heart by now i always say we combine truly african creativity and data-led insights to generate ideas that solve business problems and impact society and the impact society part isn't just a small CSI piece. It's even just culturally. How is this going to impact how a little girl sees herself, how she sees her skin, how she sees her hair? How is this going to impact how a group of people are identified? You know, Are we using tropes? Are we using stereotypes? And if we are, are we doing something different with them? Are we introducing something interesting to the cultural discourse? At this point, anyone who is in the communication space cannot avoid what social media has done for creativity. It's that's taking right. something that used to be a one-way speech where it was like a brand just talking at people mm-hmm. and made it into something that's a conversation. So as a brand, whether or not you want people to talk back to you, they're going to talk back to you. And if you don't respond, they will talk about you in such, you know, an infectious way that you will eventually have to respond. The virality of good things is what we are all after, but we all need to also be on the safe side of the virality of bad things. And there have been so many examples. I'd hate to mention brands, but that's part of what we do. That's really at the core of why we think an agency like ours should exist and thrive is because we're passionate about not looking at people as numbers, not looking at people as living standards, um, not looking at people's problems through focus groups, which are engineered scenarios where nobody tells the truth, but rather looking into people's lives in a meaningful way, spending time with subject matter and going further, even when we find an insight just to interrogate it. Like, is this an insight or is it a stereotype? And we have to constantly do that exercise. And one of the ways we do it, I think, we have um, a monthly insights document that we generate, which has nothing to do with what we do on a daily basis in terms of creating ads directly, but it does influence the work that goes out. So the document just catalogs everything interesting that we can find out there that's happening in South Africa and the world for that month. So it can go from gender-based violence all the way to a brand new dance move and what's interesting about it is we often find things and without even knowing it maybe in a month in two months we see a small bit of the work reflecting that moment in time and I think it's an exercise that forces us to always know what people are talking about what people are feeling you know my favorite thing that I steal from Twitter yes. is read the room. You know? mm-hmm. Being able to read the room as a creative person is a powerful tool right now. If you cannot read the room, you're gonna pay for it.
0: Besides the insight, uh, which is absolutely important when you are putting, creating work that is public facing or at least trying to represent people or communicate with them one of the things that I picked up in other conversations that you've had or other information that I've kind of been looking at is bringing a lot of your or at least a bit of your lived experience into you know creative work or at least thoughts and insights from from that how important is this in especially in the creative industry now bringing a bit of your lived experience into the room or into a brainstorming session to influence the work that comes out of that?
1: I mean, I think it's absolutely critical. If you think about how you come to a human truth, it's often things that you can find in your own life. And that's why when we call for diversity and inclusivity, it's super important to have Everybody as much as possible represented, because that's when you get the variety of people's lived experiences coming through in work in a way that feels fair and palatable rather than very, very singular. So I think the importance of bringing that into the work beyond, you know, how it serves your brand, your brand's reputation, Hmm. is also, it makes for really great creative work. You know, is a piece of work going to really move you, make you cry, make you laugh, um, make you share, if it isn't based on um, a really authentic moment in a human being's life? I think the answer is probably not. And we try and push ourselves to bring those things into the work constantly. You know, we were in a presentation some time ago, just anecdotally, with Mzansi Magic, I can say because the work is out. And we're just chatting about how growing up, my parents and, and many others, parents of friends and family that I knew, it was not cool for your boyfriend to come in the house. Yes. Like, you know, that's a no-no. Hmm. So when I was growing up with my older cousins, I would see they'd have to come up with tricks to go outside and see their boyfriends in the evening. Yeah. <laughs> Whether it's like a whistle, you know, hmm. that the person knows is for them. So, if you know, the person's on the street going... And you know you know who that wisdom is for,
0: absolutely. You know?
1: yeah, you know you're gonna to pretend to go like um get rid of the um the dirty pot, yeah Papa,
0: you're gonna get rid of the contents? Yes, but yeah, the, meantime, start, start the garbage we'll or you know? do something that takes you outside at that specific moment, yeah,
1: and you're gonna stand at the fence and talk to your boyfriend. That's the reality of what's happened. Mm. And that's such a funny thing that so many of us South Africans um can relate to, and we we brought that into an ad we did for all forms magic ended up being quite hilarious and so many people who watch that go oh my goodness you just reminded me like we used to throw stones on top of the roof yeah. get someone's attention yes. or you know my person would uh, rev the car three times outside whatever the case is mm-hmm. and this is what makes work that connects people that's my belief anyway
0: that's a beautiful way to put it because i often wonder if we bring in you know the stories of africa or african stories and i don't mean fairy tales or you know stories of times gone by i just mean stories of now of africa into various pieces of work in a way that resonates and you've described it beautifully now by saying that but do we do this enough though like are we brave enough as an industry to bring some of these lived experiences in, in a way that will resonate with a certain niche in the market, rather than a blanket um, kind of uh, piece of communication?
1: Uh, it's hard to say if it would ever be enough. I mean, I think the goal yeah. is like as much as possible. Sure. Always watch advertising from around the world just to kind of see what else is out there. And I'm always intrigued by the advertising that comes out of uh, regions like South America. It's so culturally specific that sometimes I don't get the joke, you know, 100%, but I can see that this gives me, you know, it gives me a moment to understand the people of Sao Paulo or wherever the, the case is. But like, something that wouldn't happen in South Africa might be happening there and it's funny or touching um, or uniting to the people there. And Mm -hmm. me as an outsider, I don't always have to get it because the work is not for me. In fact, the less I can resonate with the specific scenario the better, as long as the greater human truth and the craft of the ad still draws me in. The same for work that comes out of Thailand or China, it's so specific to the people. And I'm hoping that in a few years, when you look at a South African ad, that's the sense that
0: you'll get. How important is the agency leadership in those spaces where that kind of work comes out, you know, where people or at least the team, the creative team is that way inclined to be brave and bold and come out with work that is culturally specific and culturally relevant, as you put it?
1: Um, I think the leadership is very important because a lot of what we do in creative reviews is explain context. Um so, if you are basing a specific creative idea around playing a and, and the person that has to approve the ad has no idea what that is um doesn't know the nostalgic power of you know conjuring that image up, then they might not buy into the idea, and in so doing, lose out on a moment of Drawing people in with an authentic lived experience. Sure. So um, leadership really, really is everything when it comes to bringing out authentic work.
0: One of the things that we we spoke about earlier is the the value of collaboration and the fact that you're positioned as an agency that works collaboratively with various uh, creative minds across the country across the continent in various ways how do you find the right perfect fit with people to collaborate with and then carry on to continue working with those people in a way that is authentic to your voice as think creative africa as a team as an agency are you speaking from a supplier perspective or client <laughs> From a supplier and, I guess, partner mm-hmm. perspective, you know, the yeah. people that you bring in who are not part of the core team exactly. yeah. that you collaborate with.
1: I mean, it's quite easy because we would kind of engage those people based on having seen work that they do and having seen their value system and finding that to be aligned to our own in a way that can bring something that we we couldn't do the way that they do it ourselves. Sure. You know? So. You know, whether it's collaborating with a specific musician, an artist, you know, a group of illustrators, whoever it is, we see something that we think they could bring value to our work. But beyond that, we know that their values, their commitment to quality, all of that aligns with what we are trying to do.
0: But how do you then nurture these relationships to ensure that you're able to work with these people more like more often? Because, I mean, oftentimes, I think one of the challenges that comes up anecdotally when I kind of speak to people is we want to collaborate and work with various people. And sometimes some people are really brilliant at what they do, but mm. in some ways not a great fit or a great fit and in some ways not kind of great to collaborate with like how do you yeah.
1: unfortunately you know, you know it's trial and error and yeah it's happened to us over time um but it's allowed us to kind of curate i'd call it like a bank of um collaborators that we know are good on yeah. both counts you know they're great collaborators and the quality will be good but sometimes you do try something where you know the person's output and the quality is fantastic but the process is a pain you have to chase them yes. um they're late You know, maybe they're rude. You know, sometimes you just have to try and err. And we're constantly doing that. So we learn a lot about all of the talent that is available locally and around the continent um, through trial and error.
0: That's great. That's beautiful. Um, One of the things that I think that struck me and that continues to about the journey of the Think Creative Africa team is that, you know, you are, you know, challenging the status quo, actually, in many, in very many ways. And it's fascinating how you constantly, you know, manage to grow and develop and evolve and create a unique standing for the team. You know, that's very inspiring, something that a lot of us are following
1: thanks a lot man it was great to chat um it's also nice to reflect because sometimes we've got our heads down working um and just getting work out yes uh, we, we don't even take time to look at the things we achieve and and just check how it's going so that it mm-hmm. also helps these conversations help to do that
0: too yeah can you think of some moments that were turning points i mean there's the getting the lending the first big clients there's mm-hmm. you know, Growing the team or realizing that, oh, we just want this big piece of business and we don't have (laughs) the five people that we need to deliver on this, you know? That's constantly (laughs) 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 an Everyday
1: thing. Yeah, I mean, it's so hard for me because I'm like type A personality, like I'm so bad with milestones. Sure. But um, as you say, yeah, landing our first quote unquote big client, it was really euphoric um, and kind of a testament, like, you know, we're doing okay, what we're doing and what we thought we wanted to do, it can happen. And I mean, I think each client does have that feeling. Every single time we win a piece of business, it feels like a validation that we're on the right path, that we can grow this thing with the people that we're growing with. The same with our first really major hire where we, I mean where we pay the person more than we pay ourselves as founders. That's still the case. But anyway, you know, investing in people that we think can help us take the business further, that's really unforgettable, you know, and having them really live up to what we thought um, they would do. That's really priceless. So that's quite a pivotal moment, and then I think being invited to um, pitches against uh, established agencies.
0: Yes, agencies where you where you started as exactly. interns and all of this. Yes. Yeah,
1: exactly. So I'm um, seeing that you know there are brands out there that that want to hear our voice, that also want to hear the voice of established agencies. is also validation that you know people know the work we do. Um, they, they want to see what we can do for their their brands. that's quite cool and it just never gets old. The, the blessing and the magic of it is never lost on us. and I think making work you know it takes so much to yes. make a single piece of work you yeah. know this. just mm. it can be a flyer to be honest. it can be a radio ad, it can be a squeeze bed. Yes. We don't look down on
0: work we don't look down on briefs. yes um, you put your heart and soul into every single one.
1: Yes, any brief that comes through our door, we're thankful and we're excited to get on. And when we see it come from the piece of paper that was a brief or the, the digital script that was an email into something that's in the world that people can see, that still feels good every single time.
0: That's great to hear. And that's and that's the reality, I think, of many entrepreneurs and many people in the creative industry who are breaking through and breaking down doors where where there was, I guess, exclusion. In some you know, in some or other way. Yeah. <laughs> thank you very much. How you saying, thank you for listening to The Lead Creative. Did you get one insight that's worth sharing from this episode? Please share it with a friend or anyone who might like it. Pop me some of your ideas and innovative finds on Twitter at Mongezi. This podcast is available on Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Apple, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. This podcast is also hosted on iafrican.com forward slash radio. You can find me and more of my content on mongerzi.com.